Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hello, St. Louis. And surrounding areas, you are listening to another edition of At Your Service right here on Camo X. And uh, yeah, you know what? It does feel like the first time, as far as I'm concerned, because it's been a long time since uh, I have been on At Your Service. In fact, it's been a long time since I've been on Camo X anyway. You may recognize the voice. If it sounds like it's not normally a studio quality, there is a reason for that. I'm actually out on the East Coast. And so I'm doing tonight's show remotely. Well, who is this? I, I think I kind of recognize the voice. Yeah, this is Dave Simons, the uh, certified financial planner and head of the Simons Cordes Wealth Management Group by day and the occasional fill-in host of uh, At Your Service in the Evening, but also the host of the long-running Dollars and Cents show, which I started back in 1996. And anymore, that's just kind of a fill-in show as well, because there's this baseball team locally you might have heard of them um what are they i've got it in my notes here uh oh the st louis cardinals that's it how quickly we forget that uh normally take the um the time on camo x on sunday afternoons and then during the uh, weeknights as well so i don't get it on much except from the winter time uh, so my apologies if the audio isn't uh, up up to snuff as you normally get when I'm uh, in the studio, which, by the way, I will be two weeks from now. So I'll, I'll be filling in exactly two weeks from tonight uh, back in the studio. Um, and we'll see if things improve in a lot of different ways, especially when it comes to the markets. We'll get to all of that in the second hour. But, you know, when I was kind of putting this show together and I was thinking about, well, you know, it's been a long time since I've been on because the Cardinals and all that. And I, I can't, as, as a huge Cardinals fan, I shouldn't be on right now at your service should not be on right now. The Cardinals should be on camo X. They should be in the playoffs. Well, they, they shouldn't, they don't deserve it, but you know what I'm talking about? We in St. Louis are a little spoiled by our local team after all these years and decades when normally they at least are competitive but man oh man what a lost season i i heard matt paulie earlier and i've heard him 
say this many times throughout the season that he really did expect this team to be playoff bound and probably win the division and win 90 games. And uh, I'm with him. I went into this season. I think a lot of fans thought, you know, you're not in the strongest division. It's not like we have the Braves um, or the Dodgers in our division. The Brewers are good, but they're not great. So I thought we could easily just mop up on some of the lesser competition in the in the division, and we'd be right there. But holy cow, 71 and 91? We lost more than 90 games. You know, I've seen it written um, in, in some places that this was the first time that the Cardinals had finished in last place in more than a century back in 1918. And, that, and that's not true. I, I think that that fact has been cleaned up, but I, I still, I don't remember where I saw that. Um, but that's fake news. They did finish in last place back in 1990 uh, when they finished with a record of 70 and 92. So one wor- one game worse than what um, what we just experienced this year. But that was the last time we finished in last place. I'll tell you the year that I recall as being the worst year. And I had to go back and look at all the seasons to make sure that I remember this correctly. And it turned out it, it was accurate. The worst year of my life, and in fact, the worst year for the Cardinals in modern uh, times was back in 1978 when I was 16 years old. And um, they finished with 93 losses, only 69 wins. Yeah, that the, the Vern Rapp days, if you remember that. I'll tell you the other thing I remember about 1978 being a Cardinals fan as a, as a teenager. I was one of the few lucky souls to be at Bush Stadium with my brother. My dad dropped us off because he he needed to go elsewhere. And it's like, yeah, the Cardinals are no good. I don't want to sit through kind of a, a, a rainy April day. I'll never forget it. it. The weather wasn't that great. And there were only 11,000 people in the stadium on that April of 1978. And we were one of the few to witness Bob Force throw a no-hitter. Couldn't believe it. My dad came and picked us up at the end and said, I can't believe I didn't stay at the game. So, um Somewhere I've got that ticket stub. Of course, we don't have stubs anymore. Um, But when somebody says, you know, as long as the Cardinals are, you know, getting three million fannies in the seats, what motivation does ownership have to, you know, have a winning uh, ball club and spend all this money? Well, you know what? If this were to continue, I'm telling you, even in St. Louis, they're not going to get three and a half million. They won't get two and a half million. It takes time. If you don't believe me, then maybe you weren't around back in the 1970s. You know, the 60s were great, of course. We went to the World Series for several years, won two of them. Early 70s were actually pretty good. We didn't win any divisions, but we were very competitive with the Pirates back in the early uh, 70s. And then things started to fall apart after that. And by the late 70s, man, they just were not getting many people to go downtown to the ballpark. It took Whitey Herzog and that new era of uh, whitey ball to come in and boom we started hitting three million for the first time so oh man i still believe as a lifelong cardinal fan and yes i'm blissfully naive i think at times i don't care i will support this team and say come on man keep me off of at your service a year from now i shouldn't be on right now the cardinals actually should be I have had to uh, flip the order of issues and subjects to talk about tonight on At Your Service. Again, this is Dave Simons filling in tonight because I was going to talk a little bit about the financial markets. That's what I do for a living. And I think 
people are very, very concerned right now as the stock market definitely looks to be in correction mode. And I do want to address that and give you my professional opinion on this. Also, the fixed income market, bonds are in turmoil, even gold is down, nothing is working right now. So what's going on and what should we do about it? But then this whole uh, breaking news today of Kevin McCarthy being ousted, I've, I've decided to flip things. So I want to address that first here in the first hour, because I think that's the most pressing thing. And then we'll save the political discussion. I'm, the investment and finance discussion for the second hour. Uh, I'm a political junkie as much as I am a sports junkie, investment junkie, all that stuff. And, and this is maddening to me. And there have been times in the last few years where I literally have just thrown my arms up in despair and said, why, why do I even care? Why, why do I get so upset by watching the nightly news and watch what's happening in D.C.? Does it even matter? I still think it does. But I haven't, haven't you all at some point just wanted to throw in the towel and say, it's like watching a bunch of kids there. I mean, in, in, in how they behave. And it's really, it's not the majority of it. I, I tell you, it's a very small group, a select group in both parties. I am not an ideologue. I certainly am on one side politically, and I never really discussed that uh, on a personal level. You don't need somebody else out there bloviating once again and adding to the noise. But I'm not afraid to call out my own party at times. And just say, you guys are blowing this. I don't know what you're up to. And I feel like that's what's happening right now. It is disheartening. But I also am an eternal optimist. And as the son of an American historian, a college professor, I'm also convinced that we will get through this because we always do. It's the old swing of the pendulum. When we come back, I am going to play an excerpt of a podcast that I uh, released in the spring with our own Michael Kelly. I think all of you know who he is. He and John Hancock have had a long running show on Camo X, Hancock and Kelly, also on Fox 2. And Michael Kelly is on the left side. He's the Democrat. He's been a lifelong Democrat consultant and strategist. And I think this is perfect timing to pull a little piece out of that podcast that I uh, released with uh, with Michael back in the spring. Because it's very, very timely. We talk about the dysfunction that's going on. We talk about how social media is also adding fuel to this fire that seems to be raging across the country. However, is it really that deeply embedded? Is the, is the rhetoric and the negative discourse that we hear so deeply embedded in the fabric of American society right now? I actually don't think it is. I think we get upset, but most of us just still get up every morning. We go to work. We get upset about things. We go home to our families, and we just want everyone in Congress to at least compromise and somehow get along. It's the extremists, and that's what we're seeing in Congress right now. It is a small group of Republicans right now that have really caused issues for Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans. I'm not necessarily in, engaging in the battle here on one side or the other. I'm just stating the facts that it is a very small group of about eight, uh, mostly men, eight men and women who have really caused some issues for the Republican Party. And the Democrats are just sitting back going, yeah, keep it up. This is fun to watch. You guys are self-immolating right here in front of everybody. So stay with us. When we come back, I'll um, introduce 
that part of the podcast with Michael Kelly. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to At Your Service here on Camo X. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, everybody. It is 8.20 in St. Louis. Without further ado, I want to get to a podcast, a portion of it. It's a 75-minute it's a podcast that I released back in the spring. And when we come out of the break that's going to be coming up again in about you know 15 minutes or so, I'll tell you how to access the whole thing if you're interested. But uh, I went back and listened to the whole thing this morning, and I thought, oh, man, for the At Your Service segment tonight, th- I'm going to pull this little, I guess it's probably about 14 minutes coming up, so it'll fill this whole segment before the next break. But Michael Kelly, the uh, well-known Democrat strategist and consultant who's been within party politics for really his entire adult life. Uh, you'll hear my voice first, asking him uh, kind of a question, making some statements along the way, and we discuss the state of politics. We even get, or he gets into the issue of abortion, and then even his lifelong friendship with his uh, counterpart, John Hancock. Here we go. I do a lot of traveling. I know you you, you can do a lot of that, especially come come time of political season. Just the last year, I have been to 16 states and I do a lot of driving. I love driving because I get to talk to people all the time. And I have been everywhere from Eugene, Oregon, Madison, Wisconsin. You can't get much more left than that to recently Fort Worth, Texas, down through Mississippi and Alabama. Can't get much more Trump country than that. I don't get a sense of a lot of angst. I When I talk to people, it is people going to work every day. Yeah, if you pull them to the side, they might be very passionate in their in their feelings. You get on Twitter and Facebook, it is a cesspool. And you you really do buy into the concept, are, are we going to have a civil war? My answer is I don't no, I don't think so. But you wouldn't know that on social media. Should we have more regulation of this? Oh, potentially, uh, but isn't that the slippery slope, Dave? We, you know, the same people who want to regulate uh, the, the internet now are the ones who are telling you you can't regulate it with guns. No, we need to use common sense is what's going on. When I started in politics, there was no internet. 
We didn't have cell phones. I used to have to get on the phone and call the local reporter and spend 20 minutes yelling and abdicating my point of view in the hopes that I would get one sentence in an article. Now, politicians don't even have to deal with the media. They can put out their own thought processes and at the same time, preying on either your best or worst instincts uh, with that stuff. And, you know, getting into that hatred that maybe exists on, in all of us on both sides of the aisle and leveraging that. And so then you couple that with algorithms that say, hey, Dave looked at something on Donald Trump. Therefore, we need to keep sending him this far right stuff. I see it in my own uh, social media stuff. Um, and I, yeah, I do think it's problematic. Uh, I think there needs to be some accountability. I don't think it's just a TikTok-driven thing. I don't like the fact that Mark Zuckerberg or Dorsey or any of these guys have the information that we have. But, you know, English... German, Italian, those no longer matter. Ones and zeros are the language yeah. of our world. Good point. And well, it has taken over, and, you know, we're going to have to learn how to regulate it like we've regulated most other things. You know, I had mentioned my dad was a college professor, and now I'll go ahead and admit it because he wouldn't care if I said this, but he was and is as progressive as you can get. Mm -hmm. Now, I mentioned before, I didn't know that growing up because interestingly, it was never discussed in the household. Right. I learned about it after the fact. This is a man who's in his mid eighties and even recently marched in protest in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm like, I don't agree with my dad, but I love the fact that he's still part of the political process and he's making himself known. Right. He marched with his, he taught at Flow Valley in the sixties and seventies here in St. Louis. It's a junior college. He marched with his students anti-Vietnam protests. He is disgusted what's happening in college campuses today by his own side in that you can have a conservative speaker get shouted down to the point they have to leave, escorted by police. Some speakers who get invited never even get that far. They might even bail out before they get there. Do you see this as an issue or do you think it's overblown? I don't think it's unique to college campuses. I'm a Catholic strong believer in my faith. And for the, in my entire adult life, they've been telling me that everybody that I support, who I believe is living in, in some principles, the golden rule of taking care of those who, who can't take care of themselves, shouldn't be voting for them because of X, Y, and Z reason. And so this is the polarity that exists not only on college campuses, it existed inside my Catholic church. It exists inside your local troop for the um, Boy Scouts. It, it's just, this is part of the human nature that, that exists. And I mean, I, I love when people complain about college campuses. There's no doubt about it. There, there, there's progressive thought processes happening inside of college campuses. But one of the things we want college kids to do is to go and learn and expand and grow their minds. So they're making a big deal of it. I don't think people, it should turn violent and I don't think it should be problematic. But in the same way that I had to deal with it as growing up still as a Catholic today, being told that I was voting for baby killers who were out trying to make sure that moms could feed their kids. Uh, candidates could, you know, were out trying to make sure that moms could feed their kids. So you, I think people just have to use common sense. The the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Um, some people, even on the right, are worried, even though they support it. I'm so glad that we have that kind of legislation. I'm glad we have a Supreme Court that did this. But I've seen some local elections starting to turn the other way because of that issue. Could you have foreseen that? Sure. 80% uh, of uh, Americans believe that uh, abortion should be legal in some form or another. 
Uh, it's an unpopular position that the pro-life community has taken uh, for a number of reasons, and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of, uh, you know, incest and rape, et cetera, and when a woman realizes she's pregnant, et cetera. Uh, you know, I think this is one of those places where uh, the the push and pull of government right now, it's pulling us to the extremes, needs to bring some common sense into it. Nobody thinks that a, guy, a, a, a dad who rapes a 14-year-old girl and she's pregnant, that she ought to hold that baby to term. I, I, the majority of people aren't there. And so I think we're going to see, hopefully see this change over time. Um, and I don't know. I think the Republicans, when it comes to this whole choice issue or life issue, as they would call it, are kind of like the dog who caught the car. They don't know what to do. It was just an easy soundbite to win elections, just like we'd say, oh, the Democrats are going to come take your guns. You know, it was easy soundbites. But now the reality is, is this is being enforced. And guess what? People don't like it. Well, I, I told the story in some dramatic fashion. I didn't mean it to be dramatic, but I got more response on a Camo X segment that I've I know the exact one you're talking about. Where I revealed with my mom's permission that I am here because of a rape. My mom was raped at 18. And so I'm adamant about on the pro-life side because I wouldn't be here otherwise. But I made this point that, interestingly, my mom is pro-choice. And she didn't, by the way, I didn't know this till I was 57 years old, three years ago. She had hit, I, I don't know my biological father, but he, uh, but, but she finally, at, when I was 57, decided that she was going to come clean and tell me what happened. And I was blown away that day. I cried the rest of the day. I couldn't believe it. You feel like it's what a weird I? thing that I won't even go down that right. road, that maybe that's another segment sometime. But I was already pro-life. I became even more adamant about it because I thought I've lived such a wonderful life. Yes, heartache and heartbreak like everybody, but I'm so blessed and I'm glad that my mom chose what she did, even though this was pre-Roe v. Wade and it would have been difficult for her to get an abortion in rural Kansas anyway. The point that I make there is that interestingly, when I asked her about this, she's revealing the story for the first time. She said, but I'm pro-choice. And I said, well okay, I know you're on the left side politically, but I thought maybe because of a choice you made 57 years ago. And she said, no, because I, I don't feel like I have the right to tell somebody else who has gone through my situation that they're being forced to have that child. And it did change the trajectory of my mom's life forever. She was in college. She was a freshman had to drop out, never went back to school, ended up becoming a, a, a secretary. Um, I'm thankful she made that decision. The reason I'm telling you that story is I hate when people make it so simple mm -hmm. and it's just black and white, pro-life, that's the way it is, which I'm on that side, pro-choice, that's the way it is. Well, a lot of times there are specific situations sure. where it's more nuanced than mm -hmm. that and we need to listen yeah. to each other. Well, growing up with five sisters and a mother, um, you know, who, and I know the stupid things and decisions I've made in my life, uh, who am I to be telling others what decisions they should be making in theirs? And so I can I appreciate your mom's position. I'm grateful you're here. Mm, thank you. Uh, and I, you know, and I think a lot of people want to make that decision in their life. Uh, I just don't know that they want the big arm of government telling them you know, what, what they should be doing with their own biology. Uh, and that's kind of where I fall. I mean, fortunately, this isn't a consequence that I will ever face. 
Um, not a consequence, but or whatever. I, I'm not going to be getting pregnant, so therefore I'm going to yield to those who let them make their own decisions. All right. Let's turn our attention to, to something that's a lot more fun to talk about, okay. and that is your relationship yeah. with a certain John Hancock. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to get your, your, your remembrance of this because he does in the episode that I did with him the first encounter that he really yeah. had with I know. with you at at a public event. Tell us about that. Well, uh, John Hancock, and remember, I was young. I was probably 24, 25 years old, just taking over as the head of the Democratic Party. Um, that is young for taking yeah, over that role. Mrs. Carnahan was running for re-election. You remember she won the election when her uh, dead husband, Mel Carnahan, our governor, won the election against John Ashcroft. She went on to serve. She was running for re-election. John Hancock was having a, a press conference at um, the Republican Party headquarters in Jefferson City. I think they called it the Ronald Reagan uh, headquarters, which, you know, they named everything after him. Uh, and you say with disdain, whatever, <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. Um, so, um, I remember they were going to say some bad things about Mrs. Carnahan. They put out a press release. So I showed up and I kind of commandeered his press conference. This remember pre, uh, cell phones. We may have had cell phones, but they were the flippers yeah, right. or the bags and stuff like that. No blackberries, none of that kind of stuff. And so I crashed the press conference and kind of injected myself into the thing. And how does uh, and that work? Are you like behind cameras? Yeah, well, did, yeah, but I work? wasn't going up there and yelling at him. Yeah. But when, when he was making his pitch to the reporters, I was in the back handing out my stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So he, he announced it. Well, I did the same thing. Jim Talon had been working at Washington University, uh, and we were suggesting that Washington University was circumventing campaign finance laws uh, by paying Jim Talent while he was a candidate. And I had a press conference there, and guess who showed up at my press conference was John Hancock. So our relationship started out in an adversarial way. But because, and I learned this from my father too. Remember, he was the head of the AFL-CIO. And in most negotiations are come down to the head of the company and the head of the union. And so in a lot of places, he played that role. These were people he got along with, whether it be Mr. Bush at Anheuser-Busch or Andy Craig at what's now called Bank of America. It was Boatman Bank in the back in the day. And they would argue feverishly in the press with each other. You know, that that August Bush is trying to take away the livelihoods of regular people. And that Bob Kelly, he's a no-good union boss who's stealing union dollars, blah, blah, blah. But then they would have a conversation and they would know because eventually they're in it together. They're going to work it out. And so John and I were into enough settings together where we realized the humanity inside of each other. Yeah. John Hancock's not that different than me. He believes in most of the things I believe. I believe in most of the things he believes. We have a different philosophy on the way that you get there. And I will tell you one of the best things I ever did in my life was when I, when I met John Hancock that we allowed this relationship to evolve. I still think he's the most politically flawed human being I know, <laughs> but he truly is my best friend. Yeah. I understand his thought process. He's helped me evolve in the way that I view the world. I think I've helped him evolve he says, in the way he that, that he views true. the world. And at the end of the day, we're not surrendering our principles. We're actually showing common sense that, yes, there's two sides to everything, 
And somewhere in the middle or sometimes right of center or left of center is where the victor is going to become. So do you want a piece of the pie or do you want the whole pie? And that's a lot of what's going on in our politics right now is, gosh darn it, if we don't get it this way, we're not getting it anyway. Well, that's what we're getting. That's why. Rather than getting some type of a compromise. And I, I just love this man. He is one of the most decent human beings I have ever met in my entire life. If John Hancock ran for office tomorrow, I would work for him. All right. This is Dave Simons back live. Um, I'm overdue for a break. I do want to add some color and context to what you just heard. So stay with us. We'll be right back. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. everybody welcome back this is at your service dave simon's filling in from a remote location out on the east coast it is uh 9 38 in st louis or i'm sorry see there i go i knew i was going to do that being an hour ahead it is now almost 8 39 okay maybe i shouldn't even bother every everyone has uh, the ability to look at time right I don't know why I still feel the need, even on radio, to give you the time. Everybody already knows the time. You can see it. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that little segment. Uh, That was just a portion of a 75-minute interview that I did with Michael Kelly that I released. It was one of the first podcasts that I put out there on my new podcast uh, site, which I'll tell you about in just a second. Um, But I thought, man, I remember that as I was putting the show together when it uh, became apparent that Kevin McCarthy apparently was about to lose his speakership and how the dysfunction continues in D.C. And I remembered in that podcast how Michael Kelly was talking about the friendship, the dear, deep, sincere friendship that he shares with John Hancock. And yet they couldn't be more diverse politically. And I'm I'm. If I can inject myself in there, I also don't really agree with much that Michael Kelly has to say um, politically. But I think the world of the guy. I really admire him a lot and his background. And where did we lose that art? When did we lose it? When did this occur? This 
This didn't just happen a few years ago. This has been growing for a while. I think talk radio, unfortunately, because I feel that's part of my hobby is talk radio. But I think that added to the noise starting a number of decades ago and then the flourishing of cable news and then social media and the Internet really, really took it to another level. It's too bad that we've lost the ability like the Reagan Tip O'Neill days where you could disagree politically and vehemently so sometimes. And that's what Michael Kelly was was pointing at, too, with his father and some of the other leaders in the city. But then you go behind closed doors with a certain amount of respect. I think that's what it is now. It is compromise is seen as weakness. How did we get there? Compromise should be seen as strength. It always has been where you could look at the other person and say, I'm going to inch this way. You inch this way. We're not going to get everything we want because that we understand that's the bedrock of American democracy, that we are not dictators and we have to compromise. But now you have books out there like Mike, uh, Mark Levin with, with the titled Democrats Hate America. That's appalling to me. Someone who's supposed to be on my side politically would make a statement like that. You can't really know Democrats. I have Democrats in my family. Most of them are Democrats. And I can assure you, they do not hate America. Now, I'm not talking about the extremist views. There are those who put on the black masks and go and and create all kinds of chaos and Antifa and people like that. They don't even care about Democrats at, at that point. They are, um, they want to break out the whole system. They do dislike and even hate America. Those are the extremists. I'm talking about everyday Americans, you and me, who go to the polls and vote. Some of you will vote for Democrats and you love America and want it to do better, be better. There are those like me on the right who also look at this country and say, I love this country, but yes, we can do better. We can be better. Let's get together and try to do this. It's just, it's mind boggling how we now yell at each other and, and disagreement. Now, if you don't hate the other side, then you're not a true fill in the blank. You're not a too, true Democrat. If you're actually talking to that guy over the right person on the right, oh man, you must hate America. You're talking to that person on, on the left. And then we have guys like John Hancock and Mike Kelly who are, are so diverse and take the opposite sides on almost everything politically and they can be best friends. That's the way it's always been done. Why can't we get back to that? Oh man, a big sigh. Before we take this next break, because I know this was a short segment, that, that uh, little episode with Michael Kelly went a little long, but this really gets to the point of this. This is in the Wall Street Journal just today in a poll. Percentage of people who say that the ability of Democrats and Republicans working together is a very big problem in this country today. Now get this. So everybody was asked, what, do you think this is a problem that Democrats and Republicans cannot seem to get along? 63% who call themselves Republicans say, yes, that's a problem. 63%. You know how many Democrats say it's a real problem that we can't get along? 62%. They're basically identical. So the, the, the almost two-thirds of Republicans and almost two-thirds of Democrats lament where we are right now culturally and politically and socially that we can't seem to get along. But here's why I tell you this. It's really interesting 
that the journal researchers, the pollsters, then dug a little deeper and said, um, okay, you Republicans, do you think it's important to work with President Biden to accomplish things, even if it disappoints some GOP voters? 34% of Republicans said, yeah, we should still work with Biden. Okay, keep that number in mind. 34% said we should reach across the aisle. This is Republican voters and work with President Biden. Then they went to Democrats and said, okay, you Democrats, do you think you should reach across the aisle and work with Republicans, even if it disappoints Democrat voters? 58% of Democrats said, yeah, we should reach across the aisle. That's... I am. This is. I'm. I'm out of my league on this. I wish I could have Michael Kelly and John Hancock answer this. Why is it that at least in this poll, and that's all it is. I don't know if it, how scientific it is, but 58 percent of Democrats say, "Yeah, I'd reach across and work with Republicans," but only 34 percent of Republicans say, "Yeah, I'd reach across and work with Democrats." That's really fascinating to me. I, I'm not adding any personal opinion to it because I'm not smart enough to figure out why there's such a difference but it doesn't it show that indeed we have a real divide in this country politically and unfortunately it does seem to be coming a little bit more from my side of the aisle and i don't like it that's all i have to offer you we'll be right back my friends welcome back you know i I vowed to myself i know you're going to get into some politics but don't get too deep don't get riled up i'm actually an even keel guy but what did i tell you sometimes this just gets you riled up a little bit and um, i don't like that so i took a nice deep breath and now we're going to come back and um and uh maybe change gears a little bit all right well to a certain degree i had talked about the fact that that uh, that uh, portion of the podcast with Michael Kelly is on this new podcast that um, I started r- releasing and producing this year. And I'm having a blast. I don't know how long I'm going to do this. I don't. I, I could do it another six months. I could be doing it five years from now. But for now, I'm just loving this with the new social media outlet. Uh, there are two types of podcasts that I release. There is what I call the long form version, which normally has nothing to do with what I do for a living, and that's in the financial management industry. So you just heard a portion of Michael Kelly. By the way, I did interview John Hancock. So if you're interested, you could get the Republican or conservative side of things. You obviously heard uh, Michael Kelly on the on the left side of things. But I've also interviewed um an east side pastor about what it was like to grow up with 12 brothers and sisters at east st louis a fascinating hour and 13 minute interview with a, a gentleman by the name of david hawkins i got my old buddy zipra zeppa to come on and, and talk about what he's been up to um someone a psychologist on panic attacks somebody an expert in ai so that's the long form version. I also and, and I only do one or two, two of those at uh, um, most at the month, typically one. Oh, by the way, the one that I got the most response on and you got a glimpse of it. If you listen to that short little uh, portion of the interview with Michael Kelly, I brought my mom in and um, I don't want to give away a lot. It was a wide ranging interview with. Let's just say that there is some dysfunction 
of how I grew up. And you got a little glimpse of that um, with what I was talking about before. So that we go into a, a much deeper discussion about my mom's own upbringing and how that impacted her kids, including uh, myself. So that's the long form version. I also release every week what I call a quick hit. And those are shorter little vignettes, 10 to 15 minutes on financial investment issues. And so the one that's actually being released tomorrow, they come out every Wednesday morning, is on shorting stocks. And I thought about doing that because of all this stuff with the meme stock craze and the movie that's out, Dumb Money, which, by the way, I did a movie review that came out last week. That was fun. I've never done a movie review before. So uh, that's all up there. Uh, I think that you'll really enjoy some of these. I would uh, encourage you to check it out. Please hit subscribe. Help me out there. That'll keep me going. And um, how do you find it? Well, the best place really is on YouTube. So, yeah, you get the audio, but you also get the video there as well as we, we record these with a camera in the studio. And it's just the Simons Says podcast. Now, remember, Simons has an S on both ends. Some people go, I didn't find it. What'd you put in there? Simon Says. No, it's it's a play on my last name. S-I-M-O-N-S Says. Uh, there's another guy, by the way, that has a Simon Says. So uh, some people have found it just by in the search link, putting in there a uh, David Simon's podcast, and then you'll find it. You can also go to Spotify. Just know that when you go to Spotify and put in Simon's Says podcast, uh, you will not get the short quick hit. That's only the longer version. All right. So we hope to expand that a little bit over time. I hope that uh, helps you to um, to some degree. All right, folks, uh, now totally changing gears in the last few minutes I have in this first hour. We're going to spend a lot of time on this in the second hour. I think it's really, really important that all of us, I don't care if you have much invested or not, you're all, all of us are in this together. We're going to be impacted by what continues to happen with these interest rates that keep going higher, even though the Fed has now they're now sitting on the sidelines. They didn't raise rates the last time. I personally am not so sure they're going to raise rates again. Their dirty work has been done and it's now starting to have negative consequences. I'm telling you, I called this. I'm even going to go back and read part of a commentary I wrote two months ago telling you in advance, this is what's going to happen as we get into the fall. And sure enough, we're starting to see some things break down. Now, how much farther do I think this will go? I'll talk about that in the second hour. I think it's um, it's really, really important to understand a couple of key factors that are happening right now. Stocks are not taking the lead here. This is a bond market. I know I'm getting into the weeds a little bit. This gets into some finance 201. I don't want to get too deep into this, but I think we need to understand just some basic concepts so you are fully informed of why this is occurring. Why is your 401k statement showing declines here and may continue to show declines? It, it really has nothing to do with the stock market. It's all about stubborn inflation and the Fed's ability to try to fight it. And I think going too far with raising interest rates too aggressively. I think they should have stopped a little sooner and let all of their dirty work play through the economy instead of continuing to raise rates, even when we started to see things break down. As early as this past spring, when we saw some 
some banks like Silicon Valley Bank and some others um, go under. And every crisis that you look back in history always had kind of a genesis there, a little seed that no one really understood at the time was the beginning of something more nefarious over time. I'm, I don't, I'm not scaring anybody. I don't mean to. I'm not saying that we're about to have a 2008 uh, type of Great Recession. In fact, I am, you can't be certain of anything, of course, 100% of anything. But I'm fairly certain that we are not heading in that direction. But I think we've got a little work to do to get through some of the stuff that's happening in the financial markets and that's stocks that's bonds that's gold that's virtually every investment asset class that'll probably remain under pressure what should we do about it what should we learn from it and i'm also going to get into something about annuities but in a way that may surprise you so please come back for the second hour my name is dave simons i've had a great time visiting with you so far stay with us T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.